Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries. I'm your host, John. And after the music, we're going to be continuing with a discussion that I had with Johannes about our own long-running campaigns and long-form campaigns in general and a few other things that we decided to chat about. So, cue the music. we pick up this episode with myself and Johannes continuing our discussion and we're talking about amongst other things how we think you know you could use burning wheel to do a more traditional fantasy sort of D&D style game yeah I've got to admit the so the only way out like if I was going to be running a burning wheel game the only way I could really see it sort of working in like a more sort of standard like D&D mold was um, if for the first session you were like oh stop maybe before the session you're like, oh, here's the here's the starting scenario. You all live in a small village, and you're all farmers, uh, or, or whatever around the village. Mm-hmm. And the very first session, the village is going to be attacked by orcs who are trying to do X, yep. Y, and Z. And then you could yep. come up with your beliefs based on that. And then I think, well, as I do with OSC, anyway, like at the end of each of the sessions, I normally say to you guys, like, right, what's the plan for next session mm-hmm. so I can like plan ahead. I think in this case, I'd have to set up, get it down in a more sort of concrete way for Burning Wheel and set up right what are you guys planning to do next session? And then maybe between games, I could be like, all right, just to remind you guys, next session, you're going to be, you said you wanted to travel to the Northern Fortress to try and get the dwarves help against Mm -hmm. these orc raiders and maybe try and discover where the raiders are making their lair. And then people Mm -hmm. could come up with beliefs based on that. That, That's the only way I could see it working with that sort of like Arthur economy the game sort of relies on. But again, as you were saying, I still don't think you'd, be making the most of the system if you see what i mean no 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 and you would be making it harder for yourself than you need to <laughs> at that yeah, point yeah but but that is like that is an excellent by the way an excellent burning wheel game that i would delight in running everyone make a character that's in this village yeah. and um the village is going to be attacked by x like whatever like zombies or, or whatever it yeah. is that, that would be uh, a brilliant game I think that would be a lot of fun I, I think it'd be cool as well because um, if you just said like oh create characters are in this small sort of town slash village mm-hmm. you, based on what the the players create you can then sort of use that to intuit more about the village because if everyone goes like oh yeah we've all just like created like, we've all created like two life path like peasant farmers or whatever you are like oh yeah so it's a small like farming village whereas if someone's like oh actually I'm like a, a minor noble you might be like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe it's slightly bigger, or maybe there's like a noble family who like rule this, rule this yeah. village, or like the sort of burgomasters or whatever of the, uh, yeah, of the town. Or like yeah. if you, or if someone goes, oh, I'm, I'm a town guard, you can be like, all right, well, there's obviously a standing yeah. body of soldiers like defending this village. Yeah. Like, what's happened to them? Yeah. Or if if two players, like one one player is like, ah, yeah, so uh, I was like a like an itinerant monk and I settled here. Yeah. Okay. Well, that already tells us something. And then the other player is like, well, I'm the abbot here. So that's already like two players invested in this sort of religious yeah. um, idea, and uh, you're you're already like the gears are spinning in my head about this game, <laughs> what this game could be. Uh, I, I could I could go for some uh, something like this definitely because we're also talking about scale uh, in yeah. regards to these of these two different campaigns that we're ha- having here. So the scale. Uh, 
I feel like in the Burning Wheel game, uh, we've been, if, especially in the last couple of sessions, we've been really going up from we're traveling through the forest, Tolkien style, camping out in the woods, yeah. um, uh, occasionally coming across these like ancient ruins and poking about a little bit. Uh, we've <laughs> we've gone from that to okay, so we're now talking to some of these living remnants of the ages past, and now we sort of have a lot more of this um, uh, like high level cosmological idea of what we might be looking at doing. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, at, um, in terms of just like the timescales covered as well. I mean, mm-hmm. we. We've done like the one sort of ten year time jump in like smoke and snow, yeah. But by and large, it's like oh, you know, maybe like a week or two passes like per session, depending on what you're mm-hmm. doing. Whereas we we've sort of done sessions like that in um, Chronicle of the Crowns, but mm-hmm. like I say, last session there was over a year of game time mm-hmm. covered in that session, and we sort of like we they like say we sort of played out like selected events throughout the year. And then mm-hmm. we're like, right, okay, so we're all doing our training and whatnot. We've we've all like hooked up again at the end of the year. Now we're going to tie up these few last little bits and pieces, ready for potentially the next big push against the the undead mm-hmm. wannabe king and his like armies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I personally feel that, like I said, as, a, as a player in Burning Wheel and like the person who runs Gems Smoke and Snow, I feel like the which is pretty much what we're going for. I feel like the the scale of Chronicle of the Crowns, it, it's a lot grander in scale. It's a lot more sweeping, I suppose, is what I'm trying yeah. to say. I, for some reason, the word operatic came to mind, but yeah. I, that, 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 maybe that's a little pretentious, but we did have an actual Th- opera, was in, the opera in the game. <laughs> so. but, but you know what I mean? When I, when I sort of think about Burning Wheel, I think of it like, you know, um, in the, um, the, the Lord of the Rings films, you know, like mm. occasionally you get like the big like sweet, so like at the, the very start of it, you get the big sweeping vistas, and you get like mm-hmm. the voiceover, and it's like, oh, and the ring betrayed Isildur to his mm-hmm. death, and things which should not have been forgotten <laughs> were lost, and you see just mm-hmm. like a montage of all that happening, and it's like, oh, hey, we we haven't even with the extended editions, we haven't got time to like tell you all this like thousand years of history yeah. Yeah. in like one <laughs> film, so casually like, cover the Silmarillion, yeah. so that like, we, we're just going to give you like the the clip notes version of it in a little montage and then we're going to move on to like the more immediate thing i feel like we've got that sort of sense of scale in chronicle mm-hmm. crimes mostly not hundreds of years yeah. but we've we've got that thing where you can be like oh yeah like a, a week's past a year's past and also that that's allowed you to like move events on because mm-hmm. you're like oh a year's passed like oh that undead army that were like far up in the north that they ain't mm-hmm. so far away now they've like moved out of it and knocking on the door now yeah and and things were like a uh, lord beric who's like an allied lord we we've been able to like hear things about you know like what he's been up to as time's passing and it's made it feel like the world sort of like a living place and like mm-hmm. stuff's going on whereas not to decry my own game but with like smoke mm-hmm. and snow if you guys like at the minute you guys have gone to like a little isolated island you've been there for like a few weeks you'll come back and you'll be like oh there's a few bits and pieces that have happened during the week but it's not going to just because of the time covered it's not going to be like in the case of chronicle of the crowns oh a year's passed like great armies have moved and like clashed mm-hmm. and, but <laughs> yeah. Ber- Ber- beric's had to like retreat from the north but he's like with like the dying breath of it 
of his last gasp where one of the one of the old kings sort of like bequeathed this title to him and he's now like properly Lord Beric, he's not like a merchant prince. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like the events are a lot more sort of sweeping and there's a lot more sort of like going on, which I, I know we were going for that sort of Tolkien vibe, but it yeah. really does sort of bring that to mind for me. Yeah. And um to to come back to your smoke and snow game, um I think the um like it's not on on the face of it like there's some differences in the sort of um, scale of time and the events that happen over yeah. the time. But I think there's also a lot of, a little bit like under the um, the surface similarities between these two things. And I think probably the the big difference there is, because you, you had basically in, uh, well, spoilers, I guess, <laughs> for, for, for Smoke and Snow, um, uh, there, there was that event where, we basically, uh, this is how I conceptualize it anyway, we kind of um, restored the world to its original state by um, like taking this piece of the world that had been shunted into like a pocket dimension yeah. and we, we sort of shunted it back to where it was in the you know heady days of... Yeah. History. And, and just to give a very quick explanation for anyone who's listening who's not seen that, <laughs> it, effectively, I wanted an excuse to like use some of like the Dolmenwood stuff that I'm necrotic gnome are using, but it didn't really fit into the sort of campaign we've got. Obviously, one of the big advantages of like D and D is it's like there's all different planes and stuff like that, and demi planes and whatever. So to tie it in with the um, with the sort of the God Blades, the, the, the there's one for each alignment. There's the lawful, the chaotic, and the neutral one. And um, the green blade being the neutral one, they they eventually found a portal into this dolmen wood, which, in our campaign setting, was a chunk of the forest where some ancient wizards who became known as the Droon had basically gone. Oh, there's an ice age coming! Like we can't stop the ice age. What we're going to do is we're just going to like do this massive magic spell around this big old chunk of forest, and we're going to move it into a demi plane where it's always summer. And in order to do that, they'd cast this magical working with this green blade, this vastly powerful god blade, as like the linchpin that, that maintained their enchantment. Obviously player characters go there, they're like, we want that green blade. They, they eventually, after many adventures, yoink the sword. And then, obviously that unravels everything. And effectively the the, the pocket dimension sort of like reappears or sort of reintegrates with the main world which gave us an excuse as we were sort of like wrapping up like the first season and in inverted commas of the game to basically go like all oh, right what bits of the map do we like and then we want to keep what bits do we maybe want to reorganize a bit and we can we can take some of the stuff we liked out of dolman wood slap it into the main setting sort of jiggle it around a bit and it gave us a license to sort of reinvent the the setting a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. and to sort of like move on with that and it also because because of it being D and D in the way it sort of works, we've not really been able to do time jumps in the same way mm-hmm. as you do in Burning Wheel. Because there's a nice, robust sort of training system in Burning Wheel. So if you're like, if all the players are like, oh yeah, we want to spend like twelve months just like training our asses off to mm-hmm. like become the best we can be, yeah. you, you've got a system where you can go, yes, this is how many points you've got, this is how long you've got to train, this is how skilled you are at the end of this twelve month period, and here's what's happened during it. Whereas yeah. we don't really sort of have that in D&D by default. So mm-hmm. we don't really have such big time jumps. But the way I sort of worked it in the Smoke and Snow campaign was because it was effectively a different realm. Like 
time was running differently there, which the play characters worked out. So for every day that passed there, I think it was like a month or a few months mm-hmm. passed in the, the normal world. So when they unraveled this and they basically fled back to the portal and escaped with the magical blade, they got back and they were like, oh, 10 years have passed. Mm-hmm. Right? And it meant that we could go, all right, we, we can move the setting on. We can we can have like this this big like evil lord who who plans to turn himself into a dragon. He's a dragon now, and he's like a, he's now more of a threat. Oh, this this vampire lord up in the north, he's founded some like Transylvanian style like dominion up in the north, and we could just sort of, like move everything on a bit without me basically saying like, oh yeah, I know you guys have potentially spent like ten years just like training your asses off, but like you're still like level eight fighters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here here is your. Uh... Uh, I don't know, new beefier character art. <laughs> yeah, and I, I've, because I, as we know, and we've said like a number of times previously, because let's face it, when you go up, especially if you're a fighter, when you go up in level, you don't really get that much mm-hmm. extra stuff in like sort of old school essentials, the, yeah. the retro clan yeah. way you're using. But so I think just me basically going, oh yeah, you spent 12 months doing that. Here's a bajillion XP to like raise you up some levels. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't really have had that much impact. Cause you'd be yeah. like, okay, um, 10 years have passed. I'm, I've got like an extra plus two to my attack and my saves are a bit better. I've maybe got a few extra hit points. Whereas when we've just had like a year in Burning Wheel mm-hmm. and we're like, oh yeah, I can see that because I've spent all my time training with like this guy. My mm-hmm. like skills have gone up in this area and I've focused on this and that's how I've improved. It feels like there's more of an impact with that sort of like that training montage and that passage of time in Burning Wheel. Yeah, and I suppose for... For smoke and snow, like speaking as a player in that campaign, um, the thing that I get from these a few time jumps that we've done, especially the big one, the yes. ten years and the, uh, the the recreation of the world. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the scale, um, oh, let's let's put a pin in that um, before I forget my current point. So, um, the thing that I get from the OSC um, sort of elided time is basically the events that have happened there. Um, as, as a player, I don't even go into the game. Uh, if, if you would say, like, okay, so we're going to jump ahead six months, um, the thing that I would then be immediately interested in is, okay, John, tell me about X, Y, or Z in the game world like how have those things progressed yeah and what could i now do as a result of that um so i would be like my quote unquote i don't know like um the uh, the result or the the reward of this this time that we have spent would then be to just immediately pick your brain and the setting for for the new fresh and exciting things that i could yeah. engage with so, and, and that yeah. that was one of the things I enjoyed about the sort of ten year time jump in smoke and snow, because like, if not the first, but like the first couple of things you guys said once you like you confirmed yes, ten years have passed. Mm-hmm. The the first things that came up is one of you was like, oh, what about that lord who's trying to like become a dragon? Like with the that you found out about when your swords, your magic swords, that read his mind. You're like, oh, how's that happened? And then we had um, Rob who was like, oh, I made that like deal with that hag where I was going to sort of like help her find a student like in a few months and it's been like 10 years like oh what's going to go on with that so i really enjoyed the fact that like i said the first couple of things you guys reacted to as you were just saying there was like oh 
how have these things that we knew were on a sort of time scale how have these things changed because we were sort of expecting to be here and like sort of witnessing them as they happen mm-hmm. and we're not we've sort of jumped to the end of them so mm-hmm. what's the new status quo effectively yeah and i think that also to um um sort of contrast to again i think for me specifically because i go into smoke and snow uh looking at this thing that we've collectively painted and which you have provided the foundation for and now we've messed around in yeah i look at it and i go uh what shall i pick today like it's a it's a buffet of things yeah uh for me to engage with and the other players to engage with and in a sort of inverted way is that that this in in smoke and snow it's me going to going towards events right yes because uh, i'm going towards let's say the, the fire lord because yep. we we sort of we sort of determined that that guy is really bad news already like 10 years ago and now he's even worse news except weirder <laughs> this time yeah. uh but uh uh, so we would be going towards these these things, and um, in Burning Wheel, what we're doing, especially when we do time jumps, it is to have events engage with the characters. Yeah. Um, whereas I, I feel like it's it's not strictly the opposite because of course of course we both run uh, sort of D twenty style um, games where. Yeah we have these big moving setting elements that like by virtue of their own you know nature they collide with the players without the players doing anything they might just be yeah. off doing this thing and suddenly you know these guys come in and they have a whole thing that you didn't know about as a player but now they're here and you need to do something about that maybe um in in burning world that's sort of the uh, like when you do a big jump uh, it is in order to basically get hit by the next thing, <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, which is what we're doing now, is uh, we uh, we sort of uh, did a lot of laying the groundwork for what would be coming up next, and then at the end of that, we did a time jump, and now we have jumped into the bit that came next, <laughs> and yeah. now it's the current thing. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things I, I like about both your campaign and Bernie Wheel in general as a system is everything is based around things getting a bit complicated Mm -hmm. basically so it's like the advancement it works by you making roles and there being complications if you're unsuccessful Mm -hmm. but you still get you still get to like tick off your your progress marker and eventually you improve your skills by doing stuff basically so the the system and as we both said about both of these systems neither of them is perfect but <laughs> far, far perfect from games it. don't exist yeah exactly <laughs> but um i feel that like burning wheel like really the system sort of front and center says that right the game's working if you're constantly sort of like butting against these yep. complications and trying to find ways to overcome them mm-hmm. and i feel you sort of have that in dnd because obviously whether it's just like going into a dungeon fighting some monsters or like finding some treasure or whatever it's it's a complication there's traps there's stuff going on but i feel that 
in a sort of D&D game, particularly like a sort of open world like Hexcrawl, like Smoke and Snow, you're more free to sort of wander around at your leisure. And obviously, yeah. like you say, there's the setting things with like a timer going on. So you're like, all right, we know if we don't do anything about this, it's going to become a bigger and bigger problem. But mm-hmm. you could still choose not to do that. And you could still sort of wander around on your own time scale. Whereas I feel that like Burning Wheel really is so like best played when you're like right there's this thing we need to deal with right now this complication mm-hmm. right we, we've dealt with that right now there's these three other things we need to deal with like right which one are we going to deal with first yeah. and, and it's more sort of about like prioritizing things and immediately like going from one like situation to the next yeah and the uh, the game sort of thrives on you you have this thing that you urgently believe that you need to achieve and you pursue that and maybe you fail, as is often the case in, in, in that game. Maybe you fail. That spawns off another thing that you may want to deal with immediately. And then you just sort of, you, you push on and you, you take your licks and you sort of strive always to go forward, get the thing that you believe that you need to do. And um, the game is, is sort of built on that like forward momentum. Like you, you push on. It doesn't you know, and the, the, it sort of talks about this in the text, which admittedly, again, is is imperfect. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It talks about the, the thing in the game where uh, it, there's a header in the game, a, no weasels. And uh, there, there's some additional <laughs> language around the fact that, like, don't, you know, worry about, quote unquote, stupid ideas. You, you, you push on because that's where the drama is. And you, you cause some complications, you deal with that and all of that is good fodder for what you're doing in the game, yeah. um, like more drama it, and to deal with in in the story and, and well, all that's that. it. And I mean, I, I know we've sort of spoke about this before, and like, obviously we're not talking about like, people just doing like stupid for like the hell of it. Yeah, but, no, no, like jokes. I mean, yeah. it's just like it, they're like, like, oh, I'm going to jump off this cliff, see what happens. Where you're going to die? <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, let's see if I can fly. No, yeah, you, no, you can't. Yeah, you're you're, you're dead now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, putting that to one side, I mean, we've often sort of spoke about it, and I've said numerous times like the only, the only time I feel you sort of lose in inverted commas in RPGs is if you don't do anything, because mm-hmm. if you, especially in a game like Burning Wheel as well, if you, if you try something and you're like, oh, that that plan I came up with didn't work, or that crucial role I was going to make like failed. Like it's not like the game stops and grinds to a halt because mm-hmm. of that. You might be like, "Oh, things things have got a bit worse." Oh, now we're gonna have to like, pull some outs out the bag. Or you might be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, the the undead army have like seen through our defenses and they've stomped this town. We're gonna have to fall back and defend like a, mm-hmm. a fallback position." But the game still goes on. There's more complications. There's more interesting stuff mm-hmm. to do. And obviously, if you win as well, if you win the against the undead army, your defense is perfect. Everything goes the way mm-hmm. you want it to. You crush them. It's not like, oh, congratulations, you've won the game. That's it. It's yeah. over. It's like, right, you've mm-hmm. defeated this undead army, but like, where did they come from? Like, what about the guy who originally like raised them? Or there's always mm-hmm. like a greater evil or another challenge to face. Where so win or lose, you know, the game goes on and there's more complications. Whereas yeah. again, if you just sort of sit there and you're like, oh, no, no. <laughs> things yeah. still happen, but you you've now become a spectator. You're not actually involved in them. Yeah, and uh, a good sort of. Um, addendum to that is as well uh, like death isn't really like the like it, it's, it's very easy to get yourself killed in Burning Wheel if you if, if that's the kind of game that you're playing now you need to calibrate for the kind of thing you're doing in Burning Wheel as we have yeah. um, I think often talked in those sessions as well 
Like we, we, you use the bits that um, fit the thing that you're trying to do. Um, for us, we've mostly stuck to, uh, for example, the resolution stuff. We basically stuck to the core mechanic the entire campaign. Like yeah. there's a couple of very in-depth subsystems for stuff that we could have easily used fighting. I, I'm, I'm, I was going to um, say, I'm still hoping like when we fight up against the undead to like get a chance yeah. to like bust out that fight system and like duel one of like the generals. Yeah, or yeah, whatever. yeah. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm very much. I was talking to um, John Drury about this as well. We had a little chat the other day and. Uh, I was talking to him about the fact that there's probably at least going to be a, a fight. So the subsystem is called fight uh, in in our sort of um, the next phase of this when we actually start to you know actively fight against the uh, um, these these enemies. Yeah. But um, what I was going to say is like it's a system where if you can pick the things that you need to produce the thing that you want, that's great because. You don't need the rest, yeah. and um, uh, for us uh, as well, I don't like. There's been very few places where outright death would have been the thing that would have happened. Bad things, very consequential things, things that are very unwelcome to the characters in the game, no doubt. I, I don't know, but, man. I thought I was getting pretty close when I was like frantically defending against that <laughs> shadow of despair and just holding yeah. me all around the room. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is there as well. Like, um, as is the case in, in other games as well, that I like maybe this is a me thing and, and some other people I know feel the same, but like death in general is often not the most interesting thing you could do. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, personally, I'm I'm going to gravitate towards like how can we make this you know interesting and weird not to say that I've like and then clowns come in and they stop the dark lord like no no not that kind of weird but yeah. if you guys lose against this like dark overlord we don't unless we decide the game stops there we don't need to maybe you guys are now like the unwilling participant like you're you're the vassals now like king cameron is now a vassal king of this dark overlord and now the next the game transitions into you guys being like, well, we need to fly this flag for now, but on the on the down low we have the resistance, yeah. and um, then it transitions into like you guys trying to undermine this thing while trying to you know not get killed. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, from my own point of view, I mean, obviously, as we know, sort of like the MSR games can be can be pretty deadly, you mm -hmm. know, as we saw last session in smoke and snow you guys were exploring mm -hmm. like this three level dungeon um it, you you got rumbled by like one of like the acolytes of like the necromancer in this dungeon mm -hmm. who like runs down to the floor below like oh master they've invaded the dungeon and mm -hmm. he's and he's sent i'm like all oh, right he's got like 14 zombies on like the level below right okay he's gonna send them up the staircase to like deal with you and you guys took him down but you were in like quite a bad way yeah, <laughs> um, you've got like one like NPC with like one like shonky like healing potion on him, and he's like, and um, I I'm in that sort of situation where like because I know OSR games are lethal. Like I, I never mind if mm -hmm. someone like dies, you know. Mm -hmm. Like if that happens, that happens. I, I try and just sort of like play it out as I would think. Like this 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 acolyte runs down. He's like, oh master, they're invading. He's like, oh well, I could go up and risk myself, but like. I've got all these like zombies like knocking about. Like, yeah, I'll just send them up and like see what mm -hmm. see what happens. Worst case scenario, I've lost some zombies. Mm -hmm. I'll go up and have a look later. And uh, so you guys 
look like you're gonna you're all gonna get taken out at one point i'm like oh if that happens you know it's unfortunate but it happens but i'm always quite glad when it doesn't happen so mm-hmm. like in that scenario where like um dave's like rogues like oh I'm, I'm faster moving than these zombies i'm just gonna i'm gonna lead them a merry dance around the dungeon away from you guys and like gradually snipe at them with my bow and like take them out mm-hmm. and then it's like oh while i'm doing that like the the npc guy can like split his healing potion and like at least get you like moving again <laughs> yeah even though drag like, your bodies away from the side of yeah, carnage even though you're only on like a couple of hit points <laughs> so like even though i'm like oh do you know what? if that hadn't have happened and you'd have all died i'd have been like it's unfortunate but it is yeah. what happened but i'm always it quite does. glad when it doesn't happen because like mm-hmm. you said i think going into the next session you got we're in a far more interesting oh but it's still a hazardous position because mm-hmm. you guys are like oh, our, two, our two main combat guys we're like we're pretty much out of it <laughs> we've got our backs against this magically locked like gate which we don't know if we can get through to escape if we do mm-hmm. escape we're still like far underground in like a hostile like cave structure and mm-hmm. there's probably going to be some more undead coming up soon and like whoever mm-hmm. cr- sent them this like necromancers obviously down there mm-hmm. you've not really got any sort of magic users in the party uh obviously we'll have hopefully have rob back next session so you'll have like someone who's on a bit more full scale but you still only got like dave's rogue who's sort of like doing all right but he's still quite injured you and mm-hmm. uh Darren's characters are pretty like a strong wind could like blow you over, yeah. and then you see so basically gonna have one person on like full strength really, so it's still not a great position, but it's a more interesting position to start in rather than me just next session being like, oh yeah, you all died next session. That's what characters you guys jet in for like this session. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely thought we were were gone. Yeah, because um, I know that like Dave's character has a lot of tricks. Yeah, but you know six zombies like if. If they get within hand's reach now, no. yeah, that, that that was thing I thought because I mean, I, I think he, he used the terrain quite well, and he sort of like he was mm-hmm. like, all right, as long as I can stay ahead of them and keep mm-hmm. shooting, eventually I'll wear them down because they always go last in initiative because they're zombies. Mm-hmm. They're always really slow. They've only got one speed. They can't run or anything. So if I can just keep ahead of them, I can just keep whittling them down, and eventually I will take them out. But like you say, if he got into a situation where like, oh, I've, I've accidentally backed myself into a corner oh, now there's a couple in combat with me and I can't just run off, mm-hmm. then he'd have probably been in real trouble because he's not like a frontline fighty character. No, no. But um, to to further contrast that as well, because uh, like my second longest campaign that we've done with this sort of sphere of people that we play in, um, <clears throat> play with rather, uh, is the Stars Without Number game, uh, which is also, you know, uh, D20 uh, yeah. adjacent stuff. Uh, and um, yeah, we've, like death is on the line there as well uh like uh these games i think the the concept uh changes my sort of natural tendency to even though like burning will is i'm switching the the threads here a lot but it, it'll come back uh, <laughs> so burning wheel has built-in mechanisms to basically reinforce what i just said previously where like death is like not the thing that uh, will necessarily provide the most interesting stuff. And also you as a player in a burning wheel game, you uh, have a lot of opportunities to say, yeah, I might've gotten, you know, tagged real bad by that guy with that giant sword, but I have the will to live. Now that doesn't mean you get off the hook. No, that means now you're your next five years. You're in the dungeon recovering from your wounds and the duke come by comes by every month like once and 
you know, uh, mocks you across the <laughs> across the cell, and um, we we transform the narrative to something else. Now you you've, you're wasting away in this dungeon trying to recover from this horrendous wound that you sustained, but you're still alive. Uh, but now the game is different. So uh, Burning Wheel does that by a design, and I sort of regardless of the game, I also gravitate towards that kind of idea where you 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 take the consequences but you don't necessarily stop the game however in for example with stars without number and of course i've played in in numerous um d20 games that you've run and um death is something that has occurred to me often <laughs> in those games um and sometimes in the ones that uh, i've run as well um and it, it's not like that's a lesser experience to me yeah. at all it's, it's just the that's that's that game, uh, and that's the enjoyment in that game. The specific threat of that specific um, situation, like we were just in with the with the zombies in your Smoke and Snow game, that was exhilarating. Um, it is always exhilarating to me in your games when I'm the guy supposed to be out there with the shield, uh, and. I'm on one hit point. Like I was a lot of the time yeah, yeah. in the last session, I was on one hit point, and I'm like, well, this is this is really fun because the stakes are incredibly high here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> because I'll, not only, it's it's not just about me because I know that the next guy is going to be an NPC or a guy with a crossbow and a and a shirt. Yeah. So like, it's not just about me as well. <laughs> I'm I'm I might die, but these guys will die faster than I will. <laughs> Okay, so that's it for this episode. We hope you're enjoying our continuing discussion about long-form campaigns, Burning Wheel, and the games that we've got going on at the minute. We're going to continue this in a future episode. If you've got anything you'd like to say to us about these episodes or others that we've done, maybe you'd like to tell us what your favourite long-form campaign is, why you like long-form campaigns, or why you prefer shorter games. Either way, you can get in touch with us a number of different ways by leaving a voicemail message on SpeakPipe or Anchor, or you can send us an email to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. So until we see you again, take care, stay safe, and whatever you're playing, have fun. Mm -hmm.